You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Have we not been coming through storms of seeking God and trying to find out the answer to why? And then God answers, this is the answer. Now, I've been doing a work in you. That's what's been going on. All the way through, I've been doing a work. He's promised to never abandon his work. But don't stop asking the question until you get the answer from him. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. We're looking at the question, why? And it is this, number one, why? Why? The question why is something that I firmly believe, and I hope you do too, that God has placed within you as one who has been created in the image of God. We ask the question why. And I want you to think about where that comes from. Why? It demands an answer, the question why. When someone asks why, we need to start... By the way, when we hear someone's claim, we need to ask them why. Can I say this carefully? I mean nothing other than love by it. We need to stop being so polite when we are sharing with others about Jesus. What I mean by that is this. With respect, yes. With proper tone, of course. Kindness, absolutely. But when somebody says, oh, I believe in God, I'm good. You don't have to talk to me about Jesus. We need to get to that place to say, well, wait a minute. Before I move on, why? Can, can, can I ask you this? Why do you, say, why do you say that you're right with Jesus? Let them explain themselves. Because it is so important that you and I see people, including ourselves, think again. To think again. The question why makes you think. When Moses was standing at the edge of the Red Sea and the Egyptian forces and Pharaoh were en route to destroy the children of Israel having just been delivered out of Egypt by God, they get right to the edge of the Red Sea and it's, it's, it's the Egyptian army or it's, they're going to drown. And Moses must have, it doesn't say that he had doubts at that moment, it doesn't say 
that he grew weak in faith or doubted at the moment. It doesn't say it, but it's, it kind of implies that that's what's happening. They get right to the water and Moses gets up and he starts shouting to the people that God has brought us out here and we've come this far and Pharaoh's coming and, and, uh, and, and, and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I wonder what he sounded like when he did it. He's like, he's, he's looking at the people. He's got the ocean behind them and he can probably see a cloud of dust coming. And, uh, and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord? And God said, Moses, why stand ye here talking to me? Go. It's great. It's God. He got, they're going. You can see God watching them on, on GPS. He's got, you know, it's like they're, they're going. Look at that little blue dot move. Look at all of them. All right, watch this. Gabriel, Michael, watch. They're getting so close to the Red Sea. It's, watch this. And they stop. I think God's intent was, I want to see Moses and the, and the whole group of kids just keep going right out on the water. I'm wondering. I don't know. I'm just wondering if Moses wouldn't have stopped. Would they have ran across the Red Sea? <laughs> I don't know. It would have been, that would have been great. Now both are great. He parts the Red Sea. That's fantastic. But it would have been awesome too, because you know, there's, there's precedent for this. Our God walks on water. That they would have just walked across the Red Sea. Just going. And then when Pharaoh got there, all that dust would just turn to mud. They would just go under like a submarine. And of course, they got that anyway. But God said, stand, he said, stand still. And God said, why? Go, now, move. Many times you and I are asking the question, why, when God's already given the answer. Why? It's great to ask the question, why. Keep asking God, why. God, why this? I don't think, listen, I had a man tell me yesterday. He said, Pastor Jack, I, God hurt my feelings years ago, and I walked out on God. It's been 20 years, 17 years, 17 years. He said, I walked out on God. And he said, I came to the men's conference on Saturday. And he said, God crushed me. He crushed me because he said, God spoke to my heart and he said, why are you been treating me this way? What have I done to you when you're the one that made the decision to do what you did 17 years ago? You did what you did to you. God said, I didn't do that to you. Why? And it crushed him. What a powerful truth. You can ask the question why. That's fine. Do it. God expects. I think he put that in you. But when God gives the answer, respond. That's where faith comes in. Many times you say, why? That's okay. God can take it. But when you calm down, let him answer you. This is terrible. Before we move on to the second thing, don't tell anybody. My mom was 4'11", maybe 5 feet. Pure Portuguese, born and raised in the Hawaiian Islands, never wore shoes. Even when moved to San Diego, she didn't wear shoes. But my brother and I would provoke her to no end. That's what sons do. And she would come. It was great. Now I, I say it's great. Now, she, when she'd get mad at us, you could hear the kitchen drawer open up and you could hear the silverware rattling. And she would grab a knife 
and she would come chasing us in the house. It was a great home. Oh, it's fantastic. Look, it's fine. It didn't damage me in any way. And I kid you not, ask Lisa if you doubt me, but my window, my window in my bedroom had no screen on it uh, because we could go, my brother could go out of his room and I could go out of my room when my mom was after us. But if she, if she couldn't get a knife, we would hold, she would come after us and we would hold her forehead and she would be swinging at us and it just made her all the more, and we, we knew all of those Portuguese and Hawaiian words that you're not allowed to repeat. And it just drove her, it just drove her crazy. But I remember when my mom, when my mom had finally uh, succumbed to cancer and she was on her deathbed, she told my Aunt Betty, she asked my Aunt Betty, um, making a statement, she said, uh, Where's Jesus? What's taken him so long? Listen, why, why is he taking so long to come get me? That was her last words. Why? She had the question, he answered. God is going to answer your questions, even if it takes 17 years, or my, mom, my mom's case, in her 60s. But don't stop asking the question until you get the answer from him. That's very important. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 30 says, when you, are when you are in distress and all things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God, obey his voice. Amen. You got that, everybody? Amen. All right, number two is this. Why? Why not? Why now in life? That's another thing. Why? And then, why now? Have you noticed, friends, that whenever you and I are going through a time of testing, stretching, difficulty, it's never the right time? <laughs> like we can order it. <laughs> like they make an appointment next Tuesday, force, learn some patience. <laughs> it's never going to happen. You can count on it, but you don't know when it's going to happen. Why now, we ask. In Job chapter 23, verse 10, the Bible there tells us, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Everyone's been tested. You've been hearing that for almost a year now. What's interesting is not, not, not everyone's made it through. But what's interesting is that, that those who have made it through are shining, like gold being purified shines. And that has led others who were, no, who were never walking with Jesus to get on board the Jesus train. Have you watched that happen? I've watched that happen in almost every area of my life that I can point my finger. The shaking hit, life was challenged, and people asked the question why. God gave the answer, and they didn't like it. And you come now to this issue of testing in my life, it's now upon me, it's now happening, or it's going to happen. And the Bible tells us, God is telling us, don't worry about it. This is how gold is purified. Gold is made shiny by fire. You got to heat it up. Weird thing about gold is that when you heat it up, it, it, it's so fluid and it's kind of mesmerizing when you see it. It's moving around. It's liquid. And, 
And then up through the gold will pop up some, uh, something black. And you'll see the artisan scrape that dross off the top of the gold. And when it's heated at just the right temperature, it goes, remember, if you've seen gold in museums and stuff, it's not shiny. It's just gold. But when it's heated up, it becomes brilliant. You know why your wedding ring or your, your ring, your class ring, whatever it is, or whatever, if it's gold for real, <laughs> if it's real gold, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to reflect. It's going to be very, very shiny. And the interesting thing about gold is that it's very soft. It can be imprinted upon. Is that not us? Have we not be, been coming through storms of seeking God and trying to find out the answer to why? And then God answers, this is the answer. Now, I've been doing a work in you. That's what's been going on. All the way through, I've been doing a work. He's promised to never abandon his work. I think it's Psalm 138. Somewhere around verses 6, 7, or 8. I'm going by memory now, which is dangerous at my age. But he says somewhere there that I will not forsake the work of my hands. I will perfect that which I have started in you. It's the Old Testament answer to Philippians 1.6 that says there that I will finish that which I've begun in you. I will finish that good work and complete it until the day of Christ. So when you might be in, a, in the time of crushing and difficulty, we don't understand why but we know this, that the now of it is in the hands of sovereign almighty God. And the proof is, it's never the right time for us to go through something that stretches our faith. To God's perspective, it's, it's perfectly appointed. It's ordered by God. Amen. Well, I think we might have made a mistake. <laughs> no. Did you pray? Did you seek his face? Did you... Consult him, yes. And from the best data possible that God gave you, did you step out? Yeah. Well, then here's the answer to where you're at right now is don't mismanage the direction God has given you. Because if you mismanage it and second guess it, then you have a tendency to pull back and recoil and begin to have second thoughts about it. Then you begin to second guess God. That's a bad path. Right now, friend, in your life, in that issue, let him be God, okay? Now. Number three, why no? Not N-O, K-N-O-W, no. Why no? Because we have to know. Listen, growing up, there used to be this crazy knucklehead uh, Hollywood magazine, the, the Inquirer, and it said, inquiring minds have to know. Well, you know what? They didn't invent that. There's something within us about knowing. We have to know. In fact, we get this thing sometimes wanting to know so out, of, out ahead of us that we wind up getting in trouble. Because, again, we try to fabricate something. I need to know this. I need to know this. Friends, listen. We need to take a deep breath and relax and understand something. We don't need to know everything. And I'm not too sure how good we're doing with Wikipedia, Google, or whatever else you might use. Oh, I just have to know. Some of the stuff, maybe most of it, who knows? Is it true? We don't know. 
You do know, right? I mentioned this a couple weeks ago because they're in the headlines. Fact Finder. You can take your Fact Finder app or, or .com and, and throw it away because those guys were found out to be frauds. Amen. Are you kidding me? That's where I've been getting all my information. <laughs> that explains the decisions you've been making. No, listen. If you and I, let's be honest, control freaks have to know. I'm just not going to stop until I know. Well... And keep going. Right? Look, because here's the thing. God says to all of us at some moment in time, quite often I think for most of us, is I want you to do this. I'm not going to tell you why. I want you to do your step of faith in this. God is good. You know, when you hear God is good, why do we say that? Well, because you're supposed to. You're a Christian. No, that would be wrong. To say God is good and mean it is because he's come through and he's proven himself good. Our God is not some weird, uh, fickled deity. He's not some capricious God in the universe playing marbles with universes. He's good and he reveals his goodness to us in this thing called faith. And so God will bring you so far, and then he'll tell you. He won't abuse you. He'll tell you the next steps by faith, the next step you got to go. Well, can't you show me more? I'm not going to show you more. Speak to me. I already have. Show me a sign. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> God, if I just had a word, I gave you a gazillion of them. <laughs> just step. But what if I fall? Silence. No. Have you noticed? Silence from heaven. What if I fail? And you hear crickets. <laughs> Did you know when you're following God and you're pursuing him? By the way, he's so cool. If you fail at what you're doing, you know what he does? He picks you up and he says, man, you did that with all of your heart. That's a lot of passion you poured into that. And you sincerely thought you were following me. But that was, that's not what I said. I said this. Oh, no, no, that's very valuable. Because now you know, number one, he's very merciful. And now you know how to hear his voice in the noise. And now you know to never do that again. <laughs> right? He's amazing. He never, he never looks at you and says, what, why are you here? That's it. I'm done talking to you. Remember Elijah's whining? Oh, there's no more prophets. They're all gone. I'm the only one left. And God goes, why are you here? I've got 7,000 other prophets just like you. Stand up. Right? Joshua falls on his face crying because they lost the battle at Ai. And you can sense it that Joshua is about to say, God, what's up with you? And he's crying. He's flat on his face. And God says to Joshua, stop crying and stand up like a man. Can you imagine God saying that? He talked to Job like that a lot. A man in the crucible. Man. Listen. You don't need to know. That's where faith comes in. God will take you to the point. You have to have it. You're going to have to step out in faith. It's not blind. It's not silly. He'll give you enough intel on it. And then you got to step. And you got to put it out there. 
And you know, many times we'll say, I don't know, I don't know if God's working in my life. Listen, walk with him like that and you'll see him move and then you'll have really your doubts dispelled, they'll evaporate. <laughs> we need to be reckless more for God. Listen, we don't take risk in our faith anymore, right? We are so terrified that we don't take risk with our faith, we should. In life, we used to. I don't know if we'll ever do it again because of all the fear factor, but we used to be a people who said things like, let's storm that beach. We can liberate Europe. <laughs> Apparently now, all Europe, if, listen, if it was all over again, all Hitler would have to do is put up a big balloon that looks like COVID on the beach, and we never would have liberated Europe. Would we have liberated Europe if there was a chance of getting a virus? No, they'd all be speaking German tonight. No, it's true. Those guys, to liberate people, took a chance in the face of death and did something radical. Christians tiptoe around, afraid we're gonna offend somebody. Jesus died for the sins of the world because the world is lost in its sin and it's on its way to hell. It's like a, it's going down. Can you imagine the plane is going down and people are serving dinner, watching a movie and the plane's like that. And somebody jumps up and says, we're gonna hit unless we do something. Repent and turn this plane around, right? But we don't wanna do that because we couldn't make someone feel uncomfortable. Trust God. This Jack Kemp's podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save